Good morning, wherever you are, perhaps it's beginning to be afternoon, but we are so thankful that you are here with us today. If I've never had the privilege of meeting you, my name is Melanie Hester. And honestly, it is just my honor to be here with you today because we're going to be sitting down and having a really important conversation um, with a number of our leaders here at Awana talking about what's going on in Ukraine and what child discipleship looks like in the midst of immense tragedy through a war-torn country. Um, before we get to those important conversations, I just want to give you a couple of just tech things to make this call the best experience that you can have. The first is that we would love to know who you are um, and introduce yourself. If you look at the bottom of your screen, you're going to see that there's something called a chat in that you can get your name is already there. So maybe let us know where you're from and where you're watching. Um, and we would love to just know better who you are and why you're here today. The other part is that um, this call is also going to be recorded. This is going to be an opportunity for you to then share what we hear today with people who you think might also want to hear this conversation with Tom and um, Pavels and Anita. And then lastly, as we're talking, if a question comes up that you would like answered, um, if you also look at the bottom of your screen, your screen, there's a little piece called Q&A. That's a, a point where you can insert your own questions. And we will try to answer as much as we can on the call today. But if we're not able to answer them all, we will make sure that those get answers and you are able to know what exactly is going on in Ukraine and what God is doing through our team there. In the meantime, um, our, our time is going to be marked by having a conversation with Tom Chilton, who's going to kind of give us a little bit of an overview of what it's looked like, um, what, what discipleship has looked like in Ukraine since the war started. And then we're going to really dig in deep with Pavels and Anita, who are current, they are still in Ukraine serving the children and families in incredibly unique discipleship opportunities. Before we get to that, Tom, um, I'm just looking forward to helping you. I'm sorry for you helping us to connect the dots a little bit of, we had a call about a year ago when the first, um, when we all really woke up to the fact that there was really a war happening in Ukraine and it felt bizarre because this hasn't happened in a while, right? Like in our lifetimes, of course, we've had wars here and there, but this is such close to home for us. And, and it, it felt like it was all over the news media and then it kind of began to filter out and other things took its place and yet it's still going on. Can you update us on since the last time we talked about what was going on in Ukraine? Like what was life like and what's going on now? Hmm. Well, thank you, Melanie. And thank you to everybody uh, watching. We are able to do this work in ministry that you're going to hear about today because of you and because you are uh, standing with us. So thank you for that. Uh, I, I would just go back um, to the beginning of Awana Ukraine and, and share that it, it's been the heart of our ministry in Europe. Uh, we started in 1991. Uh, and by 2021, we were working with 550 church partners who were running Awana clubs, and those clubs were reaching and discipling more than 25,000 children every week 
Um, so a, a very substantial ministry. In, in addition to that, our staff in Ukraine was helping uh, support the work in 10 other countries. So you can kind of see why, you know, I've viewed um, Awana Ukraine as the, the heart of our, our ministry in Europe. And uh, Pavels, who we're going to talk to in a moment, was there from the beginning, but he has raised up such an incredible team. And many of those team members grew up going to Awana. In fact, um, I've heard reports from other ministries. Uh, I know that many pastors and other church leaders today were Awana children 10, 20, 30 years ago. And today they're leading in their country during this very, very difficult time. So in the last year, um, we have seen God do incredible things. I know you're going to hear that from uh, Pavels and Anita, because um, God has allowed us to meet needs as they're happening uh, right in, in the lives of people who are, are going through evacuation, people going through resettlement, people going back in to areas that have been liberated. It's been an incredible story and the work is continuing. Yeah, absolutely. Tom, thanks for that kind of like just connection piece. We're going to dig right into welcoming Anita and Pavels to continue to have this conversation to get a real feel for how they are seeing and um, just feeling God's presence in the midst of war. Anita and Pavels, I just want to thank you for being here today. Um, thank you for whatever it looked like for you to carve out time to sit and talk with us. Um, and I just, you know, the, there's a sense of heaviness knowing that what you're experiencing in your day to day, um, is just, it's just immense and it's heartbreaking. And so my first question for you guys would be, how is the ongoing war continuing to affect the people of Ukraine? Um, thank you. I, first of all, I want to thank um, for, in, for inviting me to this meeting. Mm. And, um, you know, um, answering this question uh, you've asked, Melanie, uh, I think it's, as you, as you already mentioned, the war one year ago was everywhere. People were talking about it, all the mm -hmm. new uh, videos, uh, Facebook, all the social medias were about it. And um, I personally received a lot of messages um, and uh, support and prayers, uh, knowing that people are there praying um, uh, and um, giving hugging their prayers. Yeah. Um, uh, right now, uh, the situation is different. Mm. Uh, the war is still going on. That's the, that's the uh, reality. Uh, but we do have consequences right now. Um, people are really affected. Mm. And I, I just want to mention a few things. For example, um, when we talk about spring is coming, people are, were waiting for spring. Some people mm. were waiting. For spring to bring a victory, uh, but you know the spring is like a reborn, yeah. And every year we start spring with um, um, seeing flowers uh, blooming or trees, in mm -hmm. and we're waiting for this time to um, seed plants. Yeah. And now uh, over 20 percent of Ukrainians' land 
cannot be used or Ukrainian fields cannot be used uh, as an ag agriculture fields. So we lost our territory. Some of them occupied under occupation, some are uh, mined and people cannot go there. Mm. And some are uh, destroyed with all the pieces of technique after the fights. And I remember the um, Bible verses from Ecclesiastes. Maybe you remember that it's time to throw the stones and time to gather the stones. I remember this when uh, people wanted to nation to be destroyed. They throw stones on their field so they would be ne they would ne they wouldn't be able to um, grow the uh, the harvest or receive the harvest. So that's what we have right now. During this year, uh, the land was destroyed. Uh, the inflation is over 30% here in Ukraine, and people are losing their jobs. Uh, the salaries are decreasing, not increasing, even with the inflation. But this is economic part. Yeah. Uh, the, the hardest part is broken families, as for me. And when we're talking about children's ministry, we're talking about kids who had to leave their homes, their parents, their dads who are at the war. They had to move to another country. They had to move to leave behind everything they, they had. That's the reality. And the reality we have right now, the war is going on. And it's severe, it's, it's bad. I don't know even what word to use to explain it. Even though people don't see it on, on media, we do feel it every day, every night during air alerts. Well, you know, you're describing a, that significant change has happened to not only the land, but the people and their family units and what might have been someone going to their job in the morning, whatever that might have looked like and coming home to their family at night, that has all been destroyed. And people are, are displaced. They're having to either find new jobs because their jobs have been let go or they're looking to just survive. And, and this is the reality of what Ukraine is right now. Um, you know, Anita and Pavels, both of you have personally had your lives significantly changed over the last year. Would you be willing to share a little bit of what, what personal changes you've had to make because of the war? Pavels, your if you yeah there you go your microphone is muted we couldn't hear you. It's not as bad. Perfect, perfect. So first of all, I like to thank you everybody who are listening, everybody listening us, for prayers, for hugs from far away, but for shoulders close to us. Mm. You feeling all this all time. And if you're talking about personal life, you know, you know, we always, we are reading a lot of books, 
literature about what it means to go out of comfort zone. Hmm. So now we, from, uh, you know, it's, it's already happened since 2014 when the war was starting, but this time we was, we was receiving mostly uh, refugees from East part, was taking care of them and helping them. And time from time, we were really don't understand their feelings because they was lost everything and they need to meet up. Seems like we are taking care of they they really well, but they are you know it doesn't make them really happy because they they heart still bag and they place where stays. So um, yeah, uh, it was. And next thing like um, now I usually like to use my words and I know that, that God's always in control. And we now got it in control in this situation, <laughs> but it's not easy to, you know, you feel that, but not easy to recognize. Or, and many times I, I need, when I pray and tell them, God, forgive me. Mm. I know you're in control, but it's not easy for me. Uh, you know, so, uh, uh, you know, and uh, probably one more thing we really, like Anita already mentioned, everything that we have really doesn't have big value for us right now because what you have right now, it may, after one bomb, bombing, you may don't, will be destroyed. Yeah. And uh, so it's really, it's really hard, really hard. Uh, uh, I don't know what's, what may what I may add to the uh, answer to the question? Uh, so uh, probably maybe during year it was really maybe my engine it was really shocked in the beginning, and uh, then you understand your life is continuing. God is giving your life one more day, like we counting days. We are not counting years. We mm -hmm. days hours. And you understand you need to try to ask God for how to continue to ministry, how to help uh, others, how to share with your personal testimony. Yeah. So how may God, uh, people outside of you, out, you know, others may see, okay, God is with his people. Because we... Because we try, like to tell the kids why you survive, how you survive, because God is with us. Mm -hmm. How how many people to see? How many certain people have God is with us? So it's it's, but God is still in control. Yeah. More. Paul, well, thank you so much for your honesty in the space of of. Sorry existing in what is this maybe it feels like a a tragic wilderness of sorts and and god being there with you but but the trust is hard thank you for for your openness in that space but your willingness to say but god i still trust you i i wonder for the both of you um you've described economic hardship you've described 
personal difficulty of displacement and the things that you've had to do um, in your own lives as this war continues on. If there were ever, I'm just going to be honest with you, if there was ever a time where you were like, okay, we got to really focus on this and maybe like child discipleship stuff is just going to kind of be the, be a little bit less than it's been in the past. And yet it's in the midst of this economic hardship that you have seen incredible significant ways that God has opened up opportunities for discipleship. So why does that matter? Um, I no, I think um, if I may add, or I may start a little bit earlier than yeah. uh, the war start, started in Ukraine in 2014, then the COVID came. I think this is, international problem yeah with all this the the, the distant learning with kids yep. we're talking about kids right now and discipleship yeah teens the most important things i remember this logo uh, i was still in a wanna not not a kid already a wanna leader maybe not a club director but kids matter to god yeah i would never forget it he hmm. matter to god it's so short but it's so meaningful i mean it's so important to understand it and to live with this logo in your life yeah. when you adopt it with your heart. And even during the hardship, you better understand this, um, this saying or this truth. Um, in Ukraine, uh, the situation is very difficult right now in Ukraine with kids um, because, um, as I already mentioned, some families are separated yeah for example uh, the dads of the families they are at the war they're fighting for our victory they're fighting for our freedom the kids are at home with their moms so the families are not full not yeah. families are not as they um, as they were designed to be by god yeah something is missing and kids feel this. Yeah. And um, they feel it physically, emotionally, spiritually. And we can see it in their actions. We can see it in their reactions. Mm. We can see it in their trust. We can see it in their words. What they choose to watch. What they choose to talk about. Mm. Uh, where they choose to spend their time. Mm. How they react how they react to air alerts. Do they cry or do they somehow close um, in their, uh, themselves? Yeah. Um, right now, you, you won't see a lot of kids smiling. Mm. Right. I wish uh, it wasn't true. I mean, it's something that um, changed a lot. I remember kids running and playing and all this, you know, right now it's different. When kids come to a one club, uh, a lot of kids who come, they are from um, east part of Ukraine who left their houses or their homes and moved to another parts where it's more safe for them. Mm -hmm. And to gain their trust, 
it takes so much of your prayers, mm. of your love, of your patience. And the biggest thing is for us as leaders here, I think, to remember kids will search for role model. Mm -hmm. And we have a choice to show them their, to be the role model for them mm -hmm. or to um, uh, let them choose another role models. Yes, it's, it's very difficult right now because every leader goes through the trial. There, uh, many have their uh, friends at the war, relatives at the war. Yeah. When you leave from the call to call, from the message to message, but in the midst of this, God is giving you opportunity to remember that kids matter. Yeah. matter and you can take this time to bring hope yeah yeah Anita what I hear you describing is that the children have experienced significant trauma over the last year and and you've you've mentioned that multiple times and so now as they as they engage with the world around them how much more do they need a loving, caring adult like you, like Pavel's, like your, the teams that you have on the ground to help them know that in our moments of weakness and, and where it feels like we don't know what's going to come in the next minute, right? Will it be, will it be a warning? Will it be a raid? Will it be an attack? What will this be? We can turn to God, even if our hearts are scared, like you so vulnerably admitted, Pavel. So I wonder, you know, you so beautifully um, describe the springtime, Anita, and then the the destruction that's happened and how that isn't present. And I think when I think of spring, I think of hope. Oftentimes, you know, spring comes when the ground has been frozen and it begins to thaw and the plants begin to come up and there's hope that we survived another winter, right? And I wonder, Pavels and Anita, do you have any stories that are the hope for your just ministry in life right now? Your, your fields might not be budding, but your hearts are. What are those stories of hope that God is giving you each day with the children you disciple? Um. I think we won't have enough time to describe all the stories. <laughs> That's okay. Because, you just tell yeah, us I one. Mean, yeah, I mean, tell us one. Like, yeah. Um, I'll return back to smiles. Yeah. Um, as you talked about the, uh, we're, we're returning back to spring because we're in the beginning yeah. of the spring. Yeah. It's something that helps our hearts to, to have this hope and uh, to believe that uh, the victory will come. Yeah. The freedom will come and we will have our, uh, our dear or loved ones with us, safe and healthy. Yeah. Um, and um, for me, um, 
uh, I remember um, like one of the stories. It was during the um, uh, it was during the uh, summertime, mm-hmm. and um, many people who moved from eastern part of Ukraine because of bombing, mm-hmm. uh, they moved to Cherkasy. Cherkasy, Cherkasy region, we have uh, uh, thousands of uh, refugees here. And because we didn't have enough play, like enough hotels or um, flats uh, where to, for them to leave, our public schools were used as a place for people to leave. Wow. So imagine uh, that the, the schools, like all the, all the rooms in schools, all the desks were uh, taken out. And the mattresses were on the floor. So yeah. in this big room with about 20 mattresses in it and all the people in the room. Mm. Because they have no other choice. Mm. Kids, uh, mostly women, uh, some men also older age. Mm-hmm. And they were all together. And that was, a, I would say that was a great opportunity to work with these people. To come to the, the place there and they have a, like a sport yard near, next to the school to do a lot. Hmm. To play games with kids, to tell them the story, to talk with them. And um, we use the living God story, talking yeah. about uh, head, heart and hand questions. Yeah. And uh, that, uh, so... Um, I want to say so much. And um, I remember my club and my leaders praying, God, send us kids from non-Christian families. Yeah. We want to share the good news. We mm-hmm. want kids. And that was the, the, the time when all the kids were from non-Christian uh, uh, families. They didn't know anything about God. Mm-hmm. But they were questioning. Uh, they were... Um, not in a happy time in their life. Mm. They had many questions to ask God. Mm. And we had this opportunity to talk to them. And um, the the story of hope, when after some kids, after coming to the Awana club, let's let's say, because we would come there every week, uh, kids would come and they would start smiling. Mm. Maybe it's for somebody, uh, it doesn't matter. Because kids, they, it's normal for kids to smile. It's yeah. normal for kids to play. Yeah? yeah. Show their emotions. Yeah. Give yeah. a hug. But not here. Not now. Yeah. So uh, that was the time for leaders to open their hearts and show Christ. Yeah. And that was the time when God gave encouragement for leaders to, to see the faces of kids with smile and even more parents coming and saying, we haven't seen our children smiling for so long. Mm. Thank, Thank you for bringing this hope. Mm. Thank you for coming. That's a short, yeah, the short um, story. But um, with the help 
um, of Owana with the help of all these people who, who uh, supported the ministry. We were able to do so much during this terrible time for Ukraine. I mean, we were here and our hands were supplied yeah. because somebody were taking care of us. Yeah. Anita, what you're saying is that the hope of the gospel, the hope of Jesus is literally putting the smiles back on the faces of the children and the people of Ukraine. And, and that is because many of you, even on this call back a year ago, chose to say, just like Anita described, I want to help. And one of the ways I can help is here, here are the goods, here's the, the finances that you need to buy the goods to help reach those kids. And I want to bring Tom back on um, because Tom, I wonder if you could with, with Anita and Pavel's help us understand um, from your seat, you know, I didn't say before, if you have never met Tom Chilton, he's the global VP of Europe and North Asia and Middle East, North Africa. And so he is, has oversight over um, a number of regions, but particularly um, working side by side with Pavel's and Anita and their family. So would you help us know, like, how has the ministry been impacted by even many of the sacrificial financial donations from people on this call. Yeah. Um, like Anita said, it would take too long to list all the miracles, but let me try to <laughs> maybe give some big highlights and then down to a couple of individual stories. Um, you know, we, we started looking back at the year, you know, sometimes you think in one day, like we're working so hard, how much are, are we accomplishing in this huge humanitarian crisis and, and it can feel overwhelming. But looking back over a year, we can see more than 40,000 people, 40,000 people have received meals, uh, clothing, medicine, urgently needed resources uh, through the Welcome Center in Cherkasi and sent out to the various cities. I mentioned earlier that there are cities that have been liberated. So as, as Bucha and Izum and uh, Kharkiv and most recently Harsan have opened back up, our teams have gone in with, with aid and immediately been helping those people. We've, we've been able to send care packages and aid to, our, to the soldiers serving on the front line. So the, the impact is just almost too much uh, to believe. But then you you look down at the, the individual level and and there are all these smiles that Anita's talking about and there are people facing a great need. So school started back in September and some of the children were coming to the Welcome Center and they had no way to do online school because that was the way school was being done. And they were able to come and say, we have a tablet that somebody donated mm -hmm. so that you can continue going to school. And one of the moms just started to cry um, and, and said, I don't believe it, it can't be true. How did you know? And and what uh, Pavels has said to me many times is, we don't know when we're packing these boxes, but God knows. And he sends just what is needed at, at the right time. Um, many, many children have uh, come come to faith. They've experienced 
love. Um, we had a little girl say, uh, I come to Awana every week because they love me and they tell me about Jesus. And we had a teenager go to camp uh, this, this summer and she said, I made the decision to seek God and his kingdom for the rest of my life. Uh, I can have a free life. I want every minute of my life to be lived for God and for his glory. You know, these are the kinds of stories and testimonies that um, we're blessed to hear. We are blessed to be a part of because, because God is at work and God um, sees, he hears the cries and, and he's sent uh, his servants. He sent our Awana team and the, the support uh, Anita, you said this the first weeks of the war, you said you're holding our hands and that picture of you're holding our hands so that we can help uh, people in this crisis that has stayed with me. Uh, and I've seen it over and over and over again. So thank you. Thanks for sharing that, Tom. Anita and Pavels, I, your, your story and testimony strikes me as a living testament to what my pastor preached this past weekend, where he talked about it is, it can be easy to um, follow a leader who is full of life and gregarious and things are relatively easy, but, but it's, it's harder to follow when Jesus asks us to walk in a wilderness where we realize that, that we have to depend on a grace that we cannot manufacture ourselves but that can only come from God himself. You are walking in that wilderness and every single day you are choosing to depend on a God who is delivering you through a grace that only he can give you. And I want to thank you for choosing to be faithful in who he is to you so that the children and the parents that you're serving can also see that that's the same God who loves and cares for them. And for those of you who joined us on this call today, I just want to thank you as well. It's because of your decision to sacrificially give to pray for our team and the children of Ukraine to specifically give of your resources that has brought such hope and light. I go back to that smile. It has brought smiles back to the people of Ukraine in an incredibly dark chapter. So I hope that this call has encouraged you to know that what's going on in Ukraine is real and it's, it's painful and it's, it's tragic. And yet in the midst of it, God is using Anita and Pavel's and their families and teams to bring light, but they're not done yet. They still have a significant amount of work to do because the war isn't over. And so we would ask that you would continue to do the same things you did last year. The prayer, the reaching out, the supporting Anita and Pavels, the financially saying, I want to help give so that they can continue to provide the medical supplies and the computers and just the food and what it looks like for the welcome center to meet people in the exact place that they're at with a box that God has literally packed himself 
for that person. We ask that you would continue to pray to join us in that effort so that together we can reach the remaining financial need of $370,000. We believe in a God who is going to meet that need. And we believe that with your faithful prayer that you can be a part of helping to meet that need as well between now and June, because God is on the move and he has work that he is doing that he is asking us to join in on. And that's the coolest part of this whole thing is that he's asking us to join in with him and the work he's doing. So I just want to, as we wrap this up, thank you for your time, for being here, friends, those of you who are catching up on hearing where Ukraine is at, but mostly Anita and Pavels. Um, if I can, I just want to pray over you in this ending space um, because God is, is using you in a unique way on the ground to disciple the children and families. Um, so I'm going to pray and then we will wrap this up. Father, we've heard, we've heard such heartbreak. We've heard the groanings of Pavels and Anita who are looking day to day at, at just bleak, tragic reality. And yet, as we saw in the palpable joy on Anita's face, as she began to talk about the hope and the children of Ukraine, we know that even though the um, environment, their circumstances are not bringing hope, you are still bringing a bud of light into their future, into their day. And so Father, Anita and Pavels are going to hang up this call and what they go to do will look very different than from what the rest of us do. And so in this moment, I ask that you would be with each of them in their respective places. Father, for Anita, as she continues to hold on the fort and she works alongside her husband and she looks for the needs of the people in the community around her and she meets them in incredible ways. God, sustain her, give her strength in her weakness, fill her with your ever present self so that she can continue to do the things that are being asked of her. God, in those moments where she feels broken and she feels like she cannot put a smile on her face, God, would you hold her and comfort her and let her know that even in the darkness, you are still there as you have continued to do over the last year. Father, for Pavels, I pray that as he hangs up this call, you would fill him with the peace that comes knowing that he's doing exactly the work that you've called him to do. As he engages throughout this day, Father, um, help him to grieve the things that, that continue to be losses that he sustains alongside his family. But in the midst of those losses, give him the hope to continue to know that the faces of the children who open the boxes of resources that they need are your children. They are made in your image and you have made Pavels to do this work in this time. For those who are on this call today, Father, may you may they hang up the, the call and may you help them to pray, get on their knees, ask the Lord for what exactly is, ask you, God, what is it that you would have me do to help continue to work and support the people of Ukraine? Most of all, Father, in the midst of tragedy, 
We thank you that you are present. We thank you that you are in control. And when things look bleak, may we just continue to turn our eyes to you, the giver of life, our hope, and the rock that we can cling to in moments of uncertainty. In your name, amen.